Today is Tuesday, February 20th, 2024. This is a quick start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. When being Christian is propaganda against the state. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe and leave a rating. That's your end of the bargain. You can also email us if you'd like, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. We'd love to hear from you. Joining me now to get through the news of the cray is Madison Seals. And Madison, on the focus story, I mean, we have got a another persecution story. This one's wild. This is a really rare outcome for a Christian in Pakistan and encouraging to hear how his faith is even stronger now than it was before the incident. Yeah. I mean, I'm just blown away that there's a Christian in Pakistan. I mean, there's just not many of them. <laughs> so few. Yeah. yeah so um, to hear what they're going through and what life is like, even in these extreme circumstances, it's eye opening. So looking forward to the details there on the focus story. We've got Greg Laurie on the main thing. Billy caught up with him. They talked a bunch of things, revival, end times, Israel, and more. We'll have some of that conversation coming up on the main thing. Don't forget to subscribe to our CBN News podcast, DC Debrief with John Stolness and Newsmakers with Billy Hallowell. You get a full-length interview each and every day, Monday through Friday. Don't miss those podcasts. John's once a week rounding up the happenings in DC. So you don't want to miss those. Make sure you're subscribed. And with that, the housekeeping's out of the way. We're going to get to the news in 90 seconds. After Speaker Mike Johnson rejected the Senate-passed border bill, a bipartisan group of House lawmakers unveiled a new proposal late last week to provide defense-only aid for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan and funds for the U.S. southern border. However, it's not yet clear if GOP leadership will consider it. It's called the Defending Borders, Defending Democracies Act, $66.3 billion, and it will provide $47.69 billion to Ukraine. Advocacy groups, Article 18, Christian Solidarity Worldwide, Open Doors, and Middle East Concern jointly released their 2024 annual report yesterday. It's taking a look at how Iran Iranian regime is targeting religious communities, including Christians, through arrests, fines, and floggings. And they received sentences ranging from three months to five years with fines and floggings and charges of propaganda against the state. And Joel Osteen addressed his congregation over the weekend and he expressed gratitude for God's protection during the recent shooting at his church. And he praised God's goodness and faithfulness for seeing them through. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out more stories over at CBNnews.com. Madison, I appreciated Joel's response there as they came back. And that had to be a harrowing experience for everybody there. Right. Yeah. I can't even imagine what this congregation and the families involved must be feeling. But it's cool that, you know, at a church, even in the worst of circumstances, you're surrounded by people who are thinking of it in terms of the fact that God spared any of us. I mean, even yeah. in the worst of circumstances, we can always be thankful that he has protected and saved those who were there. And yeah, it's cool to just see that. Yeah, indeed. All right, we're going to move over to the focus story now. And as we kind of mentioned there just a moment ago at the top, Pakistani police had released a 72-year-old Christian from a blasphemy case. I mean, it's crazy that they even have these. 
in the first place. But who's at the center of this and what's going on? So Yunus Bhatti is a 72-year-old man living in Pakistan as a Christian, which is predominantly Muslim. Over 96% of the population there practice Islam. And Yunus's family founded a Christian denomination called the Brethren House Church. And one of the members of this church, Sosan Fatima, accused Yunus of forcing his way into her home when she was reading the Quran, assaulting her, and then tearing up the Islamic scripture, supposedly because he opposed her conversion to Islam. So Yunus was arrested and charged on February 10th with desecrating the Quran under Section 295B of Pakistan's blasphemy statuses, which carries a mandatory life sentence. How was the community's reaction to this charge, given that you talked about the percentages there in the population? What did, what did people say as this was going on? So one important piece of this story is that Eunice was providing free housing on his land to Fatima, the woman who accused him. Mm. And when Eunice wanted to divide her home that he was offering to her for free to provide space for another needy Christian family, she didn't want to share. So she came up with this criminal charge to turn Eunice over the over to the police for this. And she made the accusation or after she made the accusation, an announcement was made from mosque speakers telling Muslims to protest against the alleged blasphemy. And in response to this, about five to 600 Muslims responded by shouting slogans against Eunice. Mm. But instead of running away, he trusted the Lord and actually surrendered himself very quickly to police to plead innocent. Wow. How did he, how did he end up getting proven to be innocent with all of this going on around him? Yeah, after Eunice was taken into police custody, he pled innocent and said that there were eyewitnesses in his town who would testify that he never assaulted Fatima or the Quran, and this isn't something that he would normally do. So the next night, police brought in Fatima and her husband and questioned the both of them. And after a while, Fatima finally confessed that her accusation was false. And not only that, but she confessed that her, her husband, and two other Christians came up with this plot 10 days prior to stop Eunice from dividing his property. Mm. So police told Eunice that they were dropping the charges on him, but they would keep him in custody for a while longer because of the threat on his life from protesters. Wow. I mean, that's quite a turnaround. And look, given sometimes they go out of their way in places like Pakistan to persecute or to charge a Christian, it's, it's really a blessing that it went down like this because it could have been a lot worse. How did Eunice's faith play into all this? He talks about leaning on his faith multiple times during this trial, as you would have to going through something like this. Yeah. And he mentions when he first heard of the allegations and returned to his home in faith, while other Christians who were not even facing the allegations fled from the protesters in his area. He said that he trusted the Lord in turning himself in and ultimately credited the Lord for being freed because this is so uncommon in cases like this in Pakistan and blasphemy against Muhammad, the prophet of mm -hmm. Islam, is punishable by death. So even the head of the group that provided legal aid to Yunus said that his discharge within two days was nothing short of a miracle. Yeah, that's really, really, truly amazing. And we should be praising God for that. I mean, you look at some of the persecution that happens around, and again, we can't fathom it here in America, this level of, of persecution. And even if it did happen, I think 
you really don't know how you're going to react until you're you're really faced with a situation. We have a lot of comforts here in America, and most of us are thankfully never going to be faced with this decision, you know, like many of these uh, Christians did uh, back going up against the terrorists, going against Al Qaeda when they were asking them, telling them, asking them, telling them to renounce their faith in Christ, and they didn't do it, and they all got beheaded, and. You just don't know what you're going to do in in that time. And so, you know, this man, this follower of Christ chose to stand on his faith. And I think it's admirable. Right. He literally had nobody else to lean on in this case. I mean, even the other Christians I mentioned that were in his area were fleeing, not from him, but just from the protesters. And I, you know, imagine it would be difficult not to do the same. So he was really just leaning on his faith in this. Yeah. Well, Praise God that he was able to get through this, and uh, hopefully he doesn't face anything like this in the future. But we know people in Pakistan will, unfortunately. It's just the nature of it over there, given the the makeup of things. So uh, we certainly need to be praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ over there, and we'll highlight these stories when we can, so that you know how to pray for them at home as well. Specific people and specific cases like this. Appreciate you bringing that one, too podcast today, Madison. All right, we are going to head over to the main thing now. And as I mentioned, Billy caught up with Pastor Greg Laurie to talk about a whole bunch of things, including revival, Israel, and the signs of the end times around us. So that's today's main thing. So the first question for you is more of, of the negative, and that is when you look at culture and you look at the chaos of culture, what is it that most concerns you today? Well, it's everything's moving the wrong direction. And social media is like gasoline that's been poured on top of it. And and I just feel that um, everybody's looking down. They're looking down at screens and, and they have a word to describe hearing bad news on your phone. It's called doom scrolling. And, and you know, and you hear all this bad news around the world, the conflicts, the war, the turmoil, the terrorism, the crime rising in our streets, and on it goes. And Jesus said, when you see these things begin to happen, look up, for your redemption is drawing there. So I think we need to look up, and and we need to look specifically to God. And I want to do everything I can to bring the message of the gospel into our culture. I, I think it's so important, and we do need another spiritual awakening. The last spiritual awakening, known as the Jesus Movement, and that's what the Jesus Revolution film was about, what really changed the course of our nation. Everything was going the wrong direction back then. In fact, if I were to pick a parallel time to today, I would not pick the 90s. I would not pick the 80s. I would pick the late 60s, early 70s, very close in many ways to the time we're living in right now. God sent a spiritual awakening. We need another one. We need to pray for another one desperately. Well, and you see those parallels when you watch Jesus Revolution and and read your books on the matter and you look at where we are now and what was happening last year on the positive front in light of seeing those things. I know a lot of people have been careful not to say, okay, it's a real revival. Maybe it's an outpouring. They're all different terms that are being used. But what encourages you about where we are right now? Well, I, I, I applaud any kind of movement of people toward God. So when I hear of you know, hundreds and thousands of people praying in a college campus like Asbury, how can I not rejoice about something like that? A spontaneous a gathering of people 
Uh, you know, right now we're having some rain in California. By the way, it's not as bad as people think it is. Uh, the news always seems to exaggerate weather, but <laughs> we're going to rain, right? So you walk out and a drop of rain hits here and a drop of rain hits there. Then it gets stronger and you have a downpour. Uh, I see these little things happening like our our baptism, uh, what happened at Asbury campus, something else you hear about somewhere else as like little drops of rain here and there. And I'm praying that they will increase and it will become a spiritual downpour. God does promise in the last days to pour his spirit out on all flesh. And so we're praying that happens again. But but I, I feel it's a mistake to critique and nitpick these things. Uh, yeah. But rather we should pray for more of them happening everywhere because we need it. Yeah. And, and last question for you, because probably, gosh, nearing towards 10 years now, eight years ago, you were a source in a book that I wrote called Armageddon Code. You gave yeah. great interviews talking about the end of days. And, you know, I look back then just eight years ago or seven years ago, and I look at where we are now. And a lot of people, obviously, they're wondering. And of course, we don't know the day or the hour. Where are we? But when you look out there and you see all these things happening, what goes through your minds and your mind in terms of maybe the proximity that we are towards the end of days? Well, the Bible tells us in the end times that Israel would be isolated and ultimately she would be attacked from her neighbor to her north, identified as Magog. Many scholars believe Magog is modern-day Russia. I would tend to agree with that. But regardless of if Russia is Magog or not, this large force will attack her and God says he's going to intervene on, our be on her behalf. I would say the rise of anti-Semitism is a real sign of the times. And I have to admit, Billy, even I have been shocked by the extreme anti-Semitism we've seen recently. Of course, when Israel was attacked on October 7th by this horrible terrorist organization, Hamas, it was a very coordinated attack uh, that left 1,300 people dead, many taken hostage, and so that was shocking. But what has been as shocking, perhaps, is is right is um, protests around the world, largely among young people, in favor of Hamas. Who would have ever thought in the modern day, in 2024, we would hear people chant phrases like "gas the Jews"? Uh, you know, the Holocaust was not that long ago. There are still people alive today that remember the Holocaust. And to see this same kind of mentality, this hatred of Jewish people that really was happening before uh, the Jewish people were sent off to those camps like Auschwitz and Ravensbrück and Treblinka and many others. And so the Christian needs to speak up for the Jewish people. And God has promised a blessing to those who would bless the Jews and a curse for those who would curse the Jews. God says to Abraham and his descendants, I'll bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. Billy, I was speaking with some gentlemen recently from uh, Israel. They were from the University of Haifa. We're having a discussion about the relationship between evangelicals and Christians. And I said, you know, there's a misconception about Christians and our support of Israel. And they said, please tell us what you think it is. I said, the perception is, is the reason Christians support Israel is because we want Armageddon to come, we want war to come, so Christ will come. I said nothing could be further from the truth. We want to see peace in that part of the world. 
The Bible even tells us specifically to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. But having said that, we do believe, and I'm saying this to these uh, Jewish men, we do believe God has placed you in the land as a fulfillment of Bible prophecy, Ezekiel 37, 38. Uh, we do believe that we're seeing events happening that the Bible predicted would be happening. But, but we care about you and we love you because our Bible came through you, our Messiah was Jewish, and they're like in agreement saying, yes, we see that. And then one of the men said, there's one good thing that came despite that horrible attack uh, on Israel by Hamas. I said, what's that? He said, we know who our true friends are now. Mm. And by that he was saying, our true <clears throat> friends are the evangelicals. So I appeal to all my Christian friends. I appeal specifically to pastors out there to speak on this topic. Talk to your people about it. And uh, it's important that we love the Jewish people and that we support the nation Israel. But coming back to your original question, uh, well, obviously, we've never been closer than we are right now to, to, to the Lord's return. And in my view, the next event on the prophetic calendar is the rapture of the church, which could happen at any moment. At any moment. And you have wonderful sermons on this. You've done series on this and uh, people can check that out. And also, obviously, we were here today to talk about the adventures of Ben Born Again and Yellow Dog. And people can head over to the Harvest Plus app, download it and watch the show. Greg, as always, it was wonderful chatting with you today. Thanks, Billy. All right, Billy, appreciate that conversation. Always good to catch up with Pastor Greg Laurie and hear his thoughts on what's going on around the world. All right. That's going to leave us with time on this edition of the Quick Start Podcast. For one last thing, we're going to take a look at Romans 15. For, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. It's just such a great reminder that no matter what is going on in our world, the word of God always remains the same and we can stand on his words and his promises. Yep, absolutely. And listen, and the people that say, ah, that book was written a couple thousand years ago. It's rel as relevant today as it ever was. You can't just dismiss it because of age. It's not how it works. It's here for our benefit and for us to learn and to grow and for teaching and correction and all that other good stuff. So Lord will it in that creek don't rise. We're going to return back here tomorrow with more. God bless. We'll see you then.